When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. The Belly Up Sports NFL Draft coverage starts now with over 50 different guests over the first three rounds hosted by Dan Mater. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Belly Up Sports' NFL Draft coverage. And Chris Dahauer, co-host of the MD's Fantasy Football Show and Belly of Fantasy Live. Let's go to the pick here. Terrace Marshall finally off the board. All the NFL fantasy football and pick betting analysis you could ever need through this draft coverage. So the Detroit Lions are the ones on the clock. They're going to make their pick soon, but the Giants, I'm getting word, just traded with the Miami Dolphins from 40. It's time for your coverage to start now. Well, this is a good time to bring on a new slate of guests because this is going to be a big pick. A lot of people are going to be talking about the Philadelphia Eagles just drafted the Kobe Dean while we're on the break. So let me introduce our next guest. We got Shane Bear from the Collective. Uh, I'm lost here. Collective knowledge here, and we got Paul. Is it Becerra or Becerra? Becerra, yes. Becerra. Sir. Okay, thank you, Paul Becerra, ATB Cowboys podcast gentleman. Thank you 
so much for coming on. Shane, thank you for correcting me, too, in the private chat. It was Western Kentucky, not Kentucky. I misspoke. Thank you for that as well. So how are you doing today, fellas? And uh, we'll start with Shane. Give me your quick reaction to Nicobe Dean going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Dan. Um, another quick correction. I am no longer with the collective. I am the solo host of the Fantasy Nightcap podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, when and, did that happen? And the sit down with Shane just a few weeks ago. Um, okay. So it's all under Fantasy Nightcap now. Um, is where you can find me on Twitter and YouTube if you're not already following me at FFShaneB. As for Nicobe Dean, I love it. Um, I think the Eagles are having one of the better drafts uh, so far, and Nicobe Dean fits in that. They got first-round talent in the third round. Uh, I even tweeted right before I came on, why is Nicobe Dean still available? Um, and someone told me that uh, PFF had sources that he refused shoulder surgery. So right. it was medicals that caused him to fall, and I hadn't seen that yet. But this is a steal for the Eagles. I absolutely agree with you. And, yes, he's a smaller guy. Yes, if there's red flags on the shoulder, that can be somewhat concerning. But I got to think, being that his future was on the line, there had to be a very good reason why he decided to decline surgery. I have to think that, right, Paul? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, shout-out to the Eagles, who, I, as a Cowboys fan, I hate that they're having a good job. But, <laughs> right? Uh, well, that's, that's what I wanted to lead up into. Because, Paul, like, Paul does the Cowboys podcast. So I, I had a lead up to like, what do you think of the Eagles might be coming out as the winning team in this draft when it's all said and done between the picks they've made and the trade they've made? And how do you feel about that, bud? You know, I'm, I'm higher on Jalen Hurts than, than my uh, co-host, Mike the Pig Crumb. Uh, you find him on Twitter, CD Piglet, but they acquire A.J. Brown. They go out and get Jordan Davis now with Kobe Dean. Uh, I, I can't remember what, who they took in the second round, but... They're just having a really good draft, and it's kind of it's kind of sickening because I've already thought they were a good team that made the playoffs last year, and I, I just have a feeling this team is on the upswing, and we're, we're looking at the Cowboys now, and I feel like they're kind of starting a little mini-rebuild here. And we got the pick in. Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take defensive end to Marvin Leal. Oh, wow. That's going to be their pick here. Chris, you're nodding your head along. Give me your analysis. Yeah, a guy that I'm shocked still is on the board. One of the one of the better penetrators in this draft class to defensive to tackle. A guy who was actually a top ten prospect coming into this year. Um, didn't have the kind of the senior year people expected him to kind of have, but definitely a good player. A guy that I think still has a lot more upside to kind of reach. And in today's league, where we love the guys who can get up, penetrate, and cause pressure up the middle, this guy can collapse the pocket. He can get after the best of them. He can play inside or outside. Um, I think this guy's you know a great great fit for this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And kind of insurance for Casey Hayward, the guy that kind of they lost him last year, really helped their defense kind of fall apart. And he's kind of insures them that the hospital kind of step up their place in the sense that that was to happen again. Adam, the Patriots are on the board. Uh, what kind of special teams <laughs> player are they going to take next? Um, so I, I really liked um, Thornton's teammate, the run, their running back. Uh, he's probably projected in around the sixth round, so that seems like the Patriot way to uh, go ahead and grab him here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so we talked about the Eagles. They're probably going to walk away as a big winner. I don't know who's more of a loser than the Patriots. Is there anybody? I, I mean, regardless of these players work out, they could have gotten all of them much later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, and you know what? I said this to Chris. I'm tired of Bill Belichick getting the excuse of the Bill Belichick genius 
Which is why everyone's like, well, this is what they do. They find diamonds in the rough. He's going to develop guys. They're going to find ways. You don't find diamonds in the rough in the first and second round. That's not where you find diamonds in the rough at. Stop telling me about the Belichick genius, please. Yeah. I just have to get that off my chest, and we can continue on now with the actual draft coverage. Dan, so, I just love you more now for that comment. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. But after the Patriots, a team where the draft is being hosted at, and hasn't been able to pick yet, the Raiders are going to be coming up at pick 86. So when your first pick of the draft is in the third round, what do you do? Celebrate that you have Devontae Adams. <laughs> take a lineman. That's a I, think that, I think it's clearly the Raiders need an offensive lineman that didn't necessarily hit their guy last year. They can see that pulls him off the line. If you want Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and all those guys you have in place to be successful. Well, Chris, here, I'll cut you off. The correct answer is what you do is you trade out of it. You trade it to the Tennessee Titans for pick 90 and pick 169. That's what you do with it. Uh, Not a bad move, really. When you don't have many picks, you'll get more of them. (laughs) And if you're the Patriots, you take Marcus Jones, the cornerback out of Houston, 5'8". Actually, not a terrible pick that they went with. They needed a slot corner. Go ahead, Shane. React to that pick. I I got nothing for you. <laughs> from, what I, from what I understand, he's a really good re, uh, kick returner as well. He's a very so good kick returner. A, okay. Uh, special teams guy and a good slot corner. I mean, you can never have I mean, a good slot corner. Dan, my reaction is he's my height, um, so he better be fast. <laughs> that is that is valid. But I did say to Adam, what special teams player were they going to take? And uh, I mean, they took a better one than I thought they were going to. Go ahead, Chris. You got your eyes about, eyebrows up. I love Marcus Jones. I think pound for pound, one of the best players you could find in this draft. Um, I'm, I, if you look at explosiveness, this guy is explosive kick returner, one of the top returners probably in the last decade. Um, and then you look at what he kind of does all, defensively. He's not afraid to tackle. He's not afraid to kind of match up with anybody inside. He's got quick feet. He's got great ball skills. This guy has it all. And I think Marcus Jones is somebody that, you know, of the draft, of course, the Patriots, he'll definitely be the best player so far that they have on their team. And a guy definitely a value, I think, especially right here. A lot of the quarters come off the board. This guy can actually really is going to be a game changer. Again, nothing to report here, but something I talked about earlier and it's a developing story. The Browns and the Panthers are getting closer in negotiations for a trade involving Baker Mayfield, where the Browns would be prepared to take on a portion of Mayfield's salary, but there's still nothing definitive yet as far as that front. Just wanted to kind of keep you guys up to date because it's been one of the big storylines that we have been following throughout the draft process today uh all right so tennessee just climbed up to the board at 86 adam what do you think tennessee wants to try to do here i i think it's willis time i i, I do um tennessee I, I i think that they're preparing for life after ryan Tannehill. it is clear that this was an arthur smith uh arthur smith was making ryan Tannehill work that was not the other way around ryan Tannehill was not the successful portion uh here uh i, I think that they're preparing for life after him oh, i was nailed it, buddy. the titans have selected malik hey, willis let's go all right so adam i had to cut you off we'll start with you everyone's gonna want an opinion on this we'll go down the board so go ahead buddy yeah so uh, I think that they wanted to keep having uh, a quarterback who could move around. I think 
as far as fits for him go, this is one of the better ones where he's going to be able to run first system. He's going to be able to use his legs, move around, a lot of play action. Uh, and he's going to be able to sit behind Ryan Tannehill. Again, I think they're working for life after Ryan Tannehill, but I think he gets another year or two, um, which is fine. I think, honestly, this is around the range, maybe even a little high, but around the range where Malik Willis should have been going if we were all being real with ourselves initially, at least in my opinion, because uh, he is a project. He is a project that's going to take a bit. However, I, I think he can do a pretty good Jalen Hurts impression, and Jalen Hurts was picked maybe a little high, but ha- has worked out a little bit. Um, at least with his rushing ability. I think that they're very similar. One has the better arm, a little less accurate. I think it evens out, except for the ceiling's a little bit higher in Willis's case. All right, let's go down the bowl. We'll go to Paul now. Yeah, I mean, obviously for fantasy, it doesn't really do very much, but it's always good a, a raw guy like Malik with the talent that he has to maybe to sit for a year or two and learn, learn the game and, and just to be, uh, you know, make the adjustments to the NFL, learning an NFL offense and things like that. I think it's good for him, but again, back to Shane, what do you think? What's your take on the Malik Willis? I love it. So pre-draft, I was saying that the Titans needed to take Desmond Ritter because I didn't think Malik Willis would be available. So getting Malik Willis, I love it. I agree with everything Adam said. Um, and I don't know if you guys just saw, but my eyes got about as big as they could. And that's because they just popped up a stat on, I think I'm on ABC, uh ryan Tannehill was sacked 47 times last time last year if you've got a more Tannehill's mobile but i think malik is probably even a little bit more mobile if you've got someone who can get out of that a little bit better that's a great great pick um but again he's a project uh he's got a cannon for an arm and i love the pick makes a ton of sense good chris if i'm mike rabel i hate this pick between this in the trail on AJ Brown trade, this means that my team basically is not invested trying to be a Super Bowl contender now and worried about my salary cap in a year or two. Ryan Tannehill is due to come off the books. Derek Harry's due to come off the books. AJ Brown is about to get paid. So this team, obviously, after paying their defensive players, they have all that money. They don't really have the you know, money to kind of spread around for these guys. And that's what they're trying to kind of reload in a sense. But these guys aren't, you know, especially with Willis, this is going to be a guy who's going to be productive this year necessarily. You're hoping maybe next year? But Tennessee was a 13 and 3 team last year, or, th- or sorry, 14 and 3 t- team last year. Uh, this this is definitely a step back from where they're trying to be. You're not you're not lining up the ones football with these these picks. You're lining up in the future. You're lining up for 2023. That is that is in fact what is happening here, without a doubt. I'll tell you else who doesn't love it. Not that I was big on him anyway, going to the Tennessee Titans, but. This does nothing for Robert Woods because he needs a quarterback who throws with anticipation, throws with some accuracy to hit him in his routes when he's making his breaks. That ain't going to happen for Malik Malik Willis. I will say, though, it's even better for Traylon Burks because Traylon Burks is just a big guy. He's going to just be able to throw it in his area and hope he catches the ball. So it does keep popping up the idea that Burks can be a top receiver if he's as talented as I personally think he is. Again, I comped him to Devontae Adams. That's who I think he is. And I'm going to keep riding that train. And even with Malik Willis, I, it, it scares me a little bit because, again, he's not accurate. But I think because of that, he's going to be forced to have Traylon Burks go up and get jump balls. So I like it for that reason, too. And obviously, from a fantasy standpoint, look, he's not going to play this year. When we get to 2023, he runs. He'll be a top 12 quarterback on my board, without a doubt, in Dynasty. You're going to have to take that into consideration, especially if you're in super flex leagues. 
it's a better situation than most of the places he could have wound up at. The best one for him would have been the Steelers, but the Titans is not a bad organization for him to go either. So got it all from every angle here on the Belly of Sports and these Facebook will show draft coverage. Still waiting on the Arizona Cardinals, which I'm a little bit surprised has taken this long to take. Yeah, everyone pick. else has been pretty quick recently. I know. All of a sudden, they kind of like pumped the brakes on me. After them, since we have Paul here, 88. I'm not tight end on the board. He's not tight end on the board. <laughs> After them at 88, we got Paul here with Dallas. So what do you want to see oh, them Lord. do, man? And also, give me your take on them going with the Tyler Smith in the first round last night. So last night I was sitting there praying. I saw receiver after receiver go, and then we saw uh, Kenyon Green. Oh, and sorry. Charles. Here, let me give you your pick real quick. Somehow we skipped over Arizona and got to Dallas, but it looks like they took Jalen Tolbert. Oh, Dallas did. That's that's no the, the Cardinals. Oh, Cardinals. No, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting draft, from so. Cowboys pe- blogs that they are taking Jalen Tolbert, but I don't have a Cardinals pick. We'll see oh. that winds up oh. being definitive, but that's what I'm seeing as of right now. But go ahead, Paul. Okay, so, yeah, back to the my reaction to the first round. I mean, we saw Kenyon Green and we saw Zion Johnson go uh, prior to their pick, and then we saw the receivers, Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, Traylon Burks, guys that they have been kind of linked to. So then I was thinking, is there any way in the world that Jermaine Johnson could possibly fall to 24 to help, you know, uh, fill the void left behind by Randy Gregory. And, of course, he falls there. And then what happens? We take Travis Jones, uh, who people, you know, a lot of scouts that I listen to and, you know, that have close ties to the Cowboys uh, have a third-round grade on. And obviously I was disappointed, but it sounds like they're going to try to let him play guard this year just so he could get some playing time and that he could be our future left tackle as a Tyron Smith replacement. So as much as I dislike it, it's – you know, this guy has a lot of um, has a lot of potential. Apparently, he's a lot of scouts in the NFL had a first round grade on him. So, who am I to argue with those guys? But at the time, I hated it. I'm I'm trying to find the silver lining, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the Cardinals took San Diego State defensive end Cameron Thomas. That's who the Cardinals go away. So, Chris, Chris, react to that pick and then say what you're going to say to Paul. Yeah, I think Cameron Thomas is a good pick. Uh, definitely an edge rusher, a guy that a lot of people had all over the boards. So people has a first rounder, um, a guy that you know kind of came on the last two years. Has great physical skills, six foot four, two sixty seven. Good edge rush, good bender. I think he's not a great run stopper, but definitely a guy that can be a game changer on third downs. So I think this is a good pick for them. And what, what were you going to say to Paul? Because you're, I cut you uh, off. I was gonna say, Paul, yeah, absolutely, you could argue with them because a lot of times these draft pendants are, aren't right. A lot of times they make mistakes. Sometimes their grading is horrible. And they have a lot of grades that hire, are higher people and winds up being complete crap. So definitely, yeah. if you think the guy was really that good, Paul, because I think I, I think you're right on the hit, you know, right in the head. There's a lot of the guys on that board they should have took over them. And this is a guy I think is a project at best. Uh, a guy's grabby. You're hoping he's going to be a tackle at some point. He he could play guard. I don't think he's ever going to really be a starting left tackle. Be a right tackle, but he arrived a lot of lumber college. The guy who's got basically unloaded, and you think. You thought Connor Williams wasn't the guy that can answer for saving aside. This guy's going to be, I think, even more grabby than Connor Williams was in there. So, uh, oh yeah, God! I, <laughs> from, what, from what I understand, uh, Connor, you know, Connor Williams is more of like a. Was right. They did take Jalen Tolbert here. Oh, I'm going to say this real quick, and I'll kick it right over the Paul. We had to cut him off. 
I comped him to Michael Gallup. So very interesting that they actually wind up taking a Jalen Tolbert here. But, Paul, let's see your reaction. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm glad we got a receiver. This is not somebody I, I had ever thought we would take. Uh, I mean, being comped to Michael Gallup, we've already got Michael Gallup, and then we went out and signed James Washington too. So, um, you know, just I'm not, I'm not really feeling this, this every pick as a whole. Uh, but, oh, you know, hopefully he can do something. Maybe he can man this, man this lot. Maybe he can, he can be our yak guy, our big play guy. Uh, because it'd be nice to have a, a Z receiver who can do a lot after the catch behind the line scrimmage. Shane, what's your reaction, man? I'm so I'm also a Cowboys fan. Um, I know you, some of you probably know the joke that I have. I cheer for the NFL because um, I have three favorite teams, but I'm also Cowboys are one of those. Uh, I'm with you, Paul. I'd, if if you're comping him to Michael Gallup, we've already got Michael Gallup. We traded Amari Cooper for pennies. Um, why make this pick? Why not go get someone who can diversify the skill set? If you're going after wide receiver, why not diversify the skill set in the wide receiver room more than what you've already got? Um, so I, I don't love it. I've, I mean, from people, I, I'll, I'll jump it. in here real quick. Yeah, what if the idea is that they have Tolber and Gallup on the outside to allow CD Lamb whenever they go to three receiver sets to just be the slot guy, no questions asked about it? Does that make you feel any different about it or no? If you frame it that way, yes, because CD is so damn good in the slot. Um, but to me, CD is good enough to play anywhere. I think we've kind of seen the trend where the best receivers on the teams are manning the slot more and more. So yeah. it would be nice to see CD playing more out of the slot. And having those speed guys on the outside, that would be nice because all I've been hearing all offseason is getting you know getting back to having a Dak-friendly offense or finding a, a Dak-friendly receiver. So this guy that has that big playability – Maybe you know, maybe he can fill that Michael Gallup role until he comes back from injury. Because it sounds like he's going to be at least be out until week one. I'd imagine probably the first month of the season. When did oh. Gallup get hurt? And he tore his uh, ACL, right? I thought it wasn't the towards the end of the year. It was towards. It was around Thanksgiving time. Was it the okay. Saints? It was somewhere, yeah, it was somewhere around there. But they gave him the big contract. The word on him has been he's expected to recover uh, in time. But I'm going to have okay. to leave you guys there. we got to get the next slate of guests on to close out the third round. I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. Paul, we'll start with you. Where can everybody follow you, and what's coming up next on your show? Yeah, guys, uh, thank you so much, Dan, for having me on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Paul and Rock 15 and you can find my uh, podcast, the ATV Cowboys Pod. I'm streaming every Monday at 9 p.m on twitter excellent and shane where can we follow you man what do you got coming up next uh follow me on twitter at ff shane b or at fantasy nightcap uh next episode will come out tuesday morning and it is going to be an nfl draft review with nick script p2win fan p2w fantasy excellent everybody make sure you're checking that out guys stay tuned here we're going to close down the third round on this show so stay with the belly up sports's empties face football show Draft coverage will be back right after this. Do you have trouble waking up in the morning? Well, not anymore. Because Invader Coffee is here to make you look forward to that morning sunshine. Rated one of the best, smoothest tasting coffees on the market today. Originating out of Texas, this rare coffee product is able to reach new heights in quality from its air roasting process. 
creating coffee beans with the most robust and smooth flavor you will ever find. So make your mornings more enjoyable by going to invadercoffee.com and use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your next purchase. Again, that is promo code BELLYUP for 15% off of your Invader Coffee purchase today at invadercoffee.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. All right, well, we had two picks while we were on the break. The Bills selected Baylor linebacker Terrell Bernard, and then we had the Raiders taking Dylan Parham, offensive lineman. Before we get into all that, I want to bring on our next crew. So Justin's back from a segment ago. He'll be with us to close it down. Our new guest. Now, is is it – I want to screw this up. Is it like Joff, like Joffrey from Game of Thrones? Just, no. Just Jeff. Just Jeff. Jeff. Yep. Okay, Jeff Lambert. Because everybody, when they when they spell it your way, it's always pronounced like a little. Yeah. Everyone does it a little bit differently. But I want to thank you for coming on today, closing down the third round with us. How are you doing tonight? I'm I'm doing great, man. It's been a it's been a fun day too after a, a crazy day one. So it's a lot of fancy stuff going on tonight too. So yeah, I, I'm loving the draft so far. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot to break down as we close out this third round. And if you guys are wondering. Did I purposely wait till the end of the third round to bring on as many 49ers fans as I could? Uh, the answer is yes, between myself, Justin, and Jeff right here. All right, guys, so let's react to these picks here. The Raiders take Dylan Parham. The Bills take the linebacker, Terrell Bernard. Jeff, we'll start with you. What's your reaction to those two picks? I mean, honestly, I don't know a lot about the defensive guys this far down in the board, but as far as position goes, I think both those teams fill the position of need. Um, I think the Raiders have known have been known for a while for having a good offensive line, so why not you know add some depth to there? Uh, and the Bills adding a linebacker definitely makes sense as well. So I, I think both picks make sense for those two teams. I will say I do really like the Dylan Parham pick for the Raiders. They have to get back to restructuring, especially the interior of that offensive line. He's a nice ru- run grader. But let's talk about something else with the Raiders that I thought was interesting today. They did not pick up. Josh Jacobs' fifth-year options. Justin, what was your reaction to that? Um, Expendable much? (laughs) You know, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody is kind of getting on this rookie fever thing where they don't want to pay their second contracts to the running backs. And it's completely understandable. Most of the time, these running backs get the second contract, and they kind of break down around year two. Um, obviously guys like Derrick Henry are kind of the exception. Aaron Jones has had an injury here and there, but he's been pretty good on his contract too. So, I mean, I, I see it, you know, I understand where they're coming from. And obviously, uh, Jacobs has had his issues with injuries in the past. Yeah. I just thought it was really curious because Kenny and Drake, he'll be off the books probably next season. I don't really see them bringing them back. So I, I was a little bit curious. I was like, did that mean they were going to draft a running back today? It hasn't happened, at least not to this point anyway. Yeah. There are some running backs 
that have been on my board that I thought would be sleeper type of picks. There's guys like Isaiah Speller. There's some other guys that I think are more electric later on. He's the next guy off my board who has a, a workhorse ability to him. But, Chris, it is Josh McDaniels who comes from a history of not giving a crap about running backs. So do you think Raiders are just going to turn to the new Pagers where we're just going to see second-round running backs drafted and just put into a committee, and then that's the end of it? Yeah, I think that's exactly what you're going to see. I think I think Jacobs' days were numbered as soon as Josh McDaniels got that job. Um, they don't really ever use a true feature running back in New England. He never has, and I think he's going to start to now. I think we look at this team, they're going to build around Derek Carr. They're going to build around their passing attack. And I think you're going to have different guys that are going to have their roles. And he likes to have a guy who plays the third down role for him, a guy who can kind of be that grinder early on, and then another guy, another grinder, and then, you know, hold the pocket higher just because he's always there around Josh McDaniel somehow. Um, but other than that, I think you have a backfield that's probably going to be a 3 4 running back rotation. You know, Chucky moved on, but I think the days where people are hoping Jake gets his chance to be that kind of alpha is never going to happen. All right. So speaking of running backs, Rashad White just went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we can talk about him. But we also had a second pick where the Packers jumped up and took offensive tackle Sean Ryan out of UCLA. So, Chris, I had to cut you off. We'll go right back to you. Rashad White, Sean Ryan, go. I love Sean Ryan. The White thing, uh, Leonard Fournette's day of the RB1 and that pass catching back in Tampa Bay has just went out the window. This guy will be the third down back in Tampa Bay. I will call it right now. Fournette will not be that guy anymore. I think those days are definitely just ended with that draft pick. I want to ask you something. Do you think it's really going to be this year? Because I don't have a very high grade on Rashad White when it comes to his pass protection. And we know Tom Brady's not going to have a running back next to him who can't pass protect. James White wasn't a good pass protector. So he did have guys behind next to him who can't pass protect. He had Gio back there. I I don't know if he was as bad as Rashad White is. Rashad White's very late. At At least Rashad White's big enough. Geo can take on any kind of anything. So I, the two guys he's had next to him in the last couple of years, I think he looks like he's gonna, he's gonna have a pass catcher. Danny Woodhead back in the day in New England. Uh, this this is a guy that fits that pass catching only role. I think he's gonna be a pass. He's not only asked to pass, pass protect in this offense, he'll be asked to run slants and you know angle routes out of the backfield. Basically, I don't know, Adam. Are we gonna talk? Are we gonna be talking about Rashad White as a sleeper in PPR? It very well could be. I, I think he could be uh, what a lot of people were looking for in Geo last year. Um, and, and that he was, you know, in spurts, Geo could take that receiving role, but he never really got it enough because he wasn't much of an upgrade as a receiver over Leonard Fournette. Uh, it, it, this is different. <laughs> this is an actual upgrade as a receiver over Leonard Fournette. Uh, and, and clearly Leonard Fournette is not in their long-term plans. This guy very well might be. Jeff, where did you have Rashad White on your board coming into the draft? Right around this area. Now, as far as fantasy goes, I had him as my RB4 or 5 um, in, in PPR, especially. I think he is probably uh, the best route runner of all the running backs uh, that were drafted in, in day two. Um, I do think Rashad White fits with the Buccaneers, and he is his comp is sort of is a James White kind of player, you know, with Tom Brady there. I think he is uh, – I think he's going to be great in PPR. I think he's not going to ever be a workhorse kind of back, but uh, in PPR, he will be solid. Yeah, and they haven't really had that. Now, if he is able to get on the field right away, to Chris's point, yes, this definitely takes a hit to Leonard Fournette. I'm just going to have to see that before I believe it when it comes to pass, at least early in the year. A lot of times these rookie running backs, what I will say, especially passing down specialists <laughs> like Rashad White, 
they can pick it up in a four to six week period, generally speaking. So it may not be long into the season before I feel a little bit more confident in it. We'll have to see. But to your point, you know, one, yes. One thing, I, one thing I will say too this this signifies the the official death of uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. So if you were yes. hanging on to Keyshawn Vaughn, he's pretty much done now. <laughs> he has yeah. no use there anymore. Yeah, he, he never really got a shot. Hey, Chris. I was just going to throw one more caveat. Well, I agree with you. Usually, you know, pass protection is definitely not a rookie's best friend in the running back position if they, if they can't do so. The Tampa Bay team uses their tight ends a lot to block and has good blocking tight ends. So this is where you can kind of have a guy stay in, in the sense, or help chip and maybe that running back gets to run those free routes as we saw it from New England. Do we, do we think Gronk's going to go back? I, think I don't think so. I think so. Yeah, I he'll be back. He just want to practice. Got four different answers. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to show up for the voluntary stuff? <laughs> he's going to volunteer. And he doesn't want to get himself in trouble. If he's not under contract, he can't get in trouble for anything right now. So yeah, good point. <laughs> exactly. All right, Justin. The 49ers are going to be on the clock soon. What do you think? I wasn't thrilled with the first linebacker. Running back or linebacker? Oh yeah, man? yeah. <laughs> Definitely need another linebacker. Let's get let's get another middle linebacker because we uh, we need backups for Dre Greenlaw now. <laughs> um, I don't know, guys. Do you think Damian Pierce would would want to come down? Um, oh dear lord, please stop. <laughs> I'm I am I will end this broadcast early if they take Damian Pierce. Uh, God no. Please don't take the slowest possible running back that you possibly can. They already did they not learn their lesson last year with I can't even remember what's his face they traded up for from Ohio Trey, State. Trey, sorry. 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 You might have looked out though that was off the board. I was purposely not remembering his name. <laughs> was that But you might be actually lucky that the white guy taking off the board because that could be a guy that could be actually thought about for the for the he would actually be a different running back than what we have and he's all a pass catcher i know so i'm like what if yeah, you actually were interested in possibly yeah but i mean we <laughs> see it from all the trees like they just do not all right broadcast over the uh 49ers just drafted lsu running back ty davis price yes <laughs> yes i love it Oh, the only people oh my God. their asses off right now, the non 49er fans to your oh, right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Go ahead, Jeff. Fire away first, and we'll go to Justin. I Wow. I really thought they were going to go with ADB, either a safety or a corner here. I don't I don't understand this pick. I mean, they do it every year, right? They take a running back pretty much every year. Oh, my God. But, I mean, we still have – I mean, we have, what, four running backs under contract right now because we still have Hasty. Yep. Trey Sermon, Jeff Wilson, uh, Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson. So he's he's a practice squad guy. I, I don't really know much about him because I didn't scout him for, for fantasy purposes, so I don't even know a whole lot about him. Is he a pass-catching running back? Could he be that guy? Uh, the only stats I'm getting on him right now is that he had his first 1,000-yard season this past year, 2021. He had a school record of 287 yards against Florida, and that's all I got for you because I didn't do any scouting on this guy. Either, he's not anywhere near my board. <laughs> all right well here's something crazy for you guys you know just throwing this out there um i don't know there's david bell out there yeah that was a nice pick uh, come on man there's the carolina panthers have just taken matt corral as their quarterback so they do take a third round quarterback here with matt corral so 
Justin, finish your thought on the 49ers because I don't want to spend so much time on it anyway. We'll talk about Matt Corral going to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I got nothing else to say. I'm just severely disappointed. (laughs) For what it's worth, worth, he had 28 career catches, so uh, he's not a pass catcher. (laughs) Adam, talk to me about Matt. I'm more depressed. (laughs) Adam, talk to me about uh, Matt Corral on uh, going to Carolina there. He's someone that I, I went up and down on all offseason. Uh, I ended at least relative to this draft class of quarterbacks. I ended with him uh, kind of on the higher end. I think he's someone that in the right system, you know, if Joe Brady was still there, for instance, who I think if you were able to structure, um, you know, essentially dictate you were throwing here, uh, he – he did a really good job when he wasn't forced to make decisions, when he was able to take his two-step drop and immediately throw. I think within that type of system, he worked really, really well, um, i.e. He, he, his footwork was good. He was clean when he didn't have to think much. He's not someone who you can, you know, let That's work not what in. you want to hear. Your, your quarterback does not need to be able to think. No. <laughs> you're, saying, you're saying he can't improvise? What? <laughs> no. So he is not someone who's going to work in a more traditional scheme, i.e. what Ben McAdoo is going to run. So in this instance, I don't like it. Uh, but he is someone who, like, relative to this draft class, like I'll say it again, relative to this draft class, he is on the more accurate side, which is more a statement about this draft class than Coral. But <laughs> uh, nonetheless, I, I don't know. Th- this deep in the class – Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And with Darnold being your quarterback, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it, it I, I don't know. It's like a C, C plus. <laughs> Chris, I got two questions for you. Uh, one will be the Panthers pick and one about the 49ers pick. So with the Panthers pick, Matt, here with Matt Corral, will Sam Darnold not be the starting quarterback? Will Matt Corral beat him out this year? Because that's going to be now the big controversy. Not week one, but by the midseason, yes, he will. He's more athletic. I tend to throws more catchable ball. He actually will get the ball to the receivers where Robbie Anderson and GJ Moore won't be sitting there like just wondering will the ball ever come to them again. Um, I think that he definitely will be the starter by the end of the season. I tend to agree with that. And then going back to the 49ers, should people in dynasty leagues who have Eli Mitchell be concerned? I think that with your 49er running back owner, you should always be concerned every year. I think you just kind of cash in as soon as you possibly can. We've seen Raheem Mostert. We've seen Mitchell. Uh, we've seen all kinds of running backs come out through San Francisco since Kyle Shanghai has arrived there. Um, you know, as Jeff kind of pointed out, they draft one almost every year. It's usually in that second or third round. 
Um, so yes, I would be extremely concerned because you have still a Trey Sermon who has the team in the field. You still have all those guys under contract, and there still will be guys who will be cut or possible undirected free agents. And we know Kyle Shanahan loves the undirected free agent running backs. So put all those things on the, on the table. I would be worried if I'm Elijah Mitchell owner. <laughs> yeah, I, the more I look at this guy, the more he's pretty much a Trey Sermon 2.0. But anyway, <laughs> all right. So we're everyone's gonna be talking about the Carolina Panthers now. If if Matt Corral is gonna be the starter for long term, let's 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 think long term because 2022 probably won't be that productive. Jeff, does this help DJ Moore get back on track at some point? Do you think this is the answer, or does this solidify DJ Moore having his fantasy value be limited moving forward? I mean, DJ Moore is the king of bad quarterbacks, right? I mean, he's had a great fantasy career with terrible quarterbacks. So I don't know if Matt Corral could be any worse than what he's had. So, I mean, why not? You know, hopefully he's a little bit better. He gets him gets him the ball, gets him the touchdowns, because we know that's the thing he struggles with mostly is the touchdowns. So, I mean, maybe Matt Corral is better. Maybe he's not, but I'm not too worried about uh, DJ Moore's value, really, because I don't think he's had a good quarterback his entire career. No, I don't think he's going to fall, but there is a ceiling that we know DJ Moore could reach if he ever has someone have decent to be able to throw the ball, especially when it comes to the touchdowns. That's what holds him back. He's Mm -hmm. always one of the most inconsistent receivers based on his target share because he doesn't find the end zone. What does this do for maybe some of the other wide receivers, for Robbie Anderson, for Terrace Marshall, Justin? Um, well, for Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, for Robbie Anderson, you got to do what you did a year ago. Put this guy more in the slot. Stop running him out like he's running with Sam Darnold and the Jets. And just you know, work the short field, especially with Corral. I mean, just like how Adam was saying, this guy is a first read type of guy. So make his first read a good read. Don't be sending Robbie Anderson all the way downfield. Send him on a five-yard slant, get him the ball in open field, and let him work. You know, I've, obviously they got Christian McCaffrey back there. I don't think that tears up his um, fantasy value. But I mean, we're talking about Matt Corral and Sam Darnold as your quarterbacks. Can we just erase Matt Rule as the quarterback or as the coach already? Can we? Can we, we just fire him tomorrow? Don't worry. <laughs> can, can, can we just say uh bye like get out of here like uh yeah i mean terrace marshall's a lost cause in my opinion right now i mean yeah. he can totally come up but at the end of the day i'm not gonna invest in yeah uh matt rule will be casualty number one when it comes to the head coaches by 2022 i don't think there's any there's any question about that whatsoever uh adam who's the top guy on your board right now um that is a good question. Let me go ahead and look. <laughs> well, while you're doing that, Chris, who's yours? Is it Daniel? Yeah, yeah that's what I say. A guy <laughs> since this whole second round has begun. I like Philly a lot. I like David Bell. I think is another guy that, you know, all these different receivers are coming off the board that I'm really curious about what they can actually do in the pros. This guy can actually run patterns. He can get open. He's a guy that's going to be a quarterback's best friend in a lot of ways. Reminds me a lot of Cooper Cup. Um, so when I put all those things together, this is a guy I think that should definitely be somebody people, you know, the value receiver and people wanting to get their hands on a good receiver. This guy to me is still a good receiver, despite what he did ran into combine. The Bengals so, select a defensive tackle from Florida, Zachary Carter, coming off the board here. So Bengals is staying heavy on the defensive side of the ball throughout Bengals, this yeah. entire draft, just trying to get back to where they were. So that way, not all the pressure is on Joe Burrow and that offense. Let's talk about the Bengals, though. They 
they made some adjustments to their offensive line. I think they improved it. Not drastically, but improved it enough where if you're Burrow, you're not going to get sacked the most in the NFL, I would think, next season. Can Jamar Chase repeat in his sophomore year, or will he have somewhat of a slight downtick, more logically so, heading into his second year, Jeff? I think there'll be some regression. I do. I, I mean, that, 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 uh, Division two is pretty tough, uh, you know, defensively as well. So there will be some regression, but I think there could be regression and still be a top, you know, five as receiver. And, you know, when he was as good as he was uh, this past season, I think in, in Dynasty, he's obviously the top receiver in Dynasty right now. But uh, I think he can have some regression and, and still be a, a, a top receiver in the NFL. All right. And uh, Adam, we're going to have a nice one for you. Colts traded up to 96 to go get Nick Cross, the safety out of Maryland. More safeties, Adam. More safeties. More safeties. We were talking about safeties in that cover two Colts scheme to play. All right, go ahead. Give me your reaction. Yeah. Again, I mean, this is kind of the the time in the draft where every year it feels like, at least every other year, we've we've gotten uh, a safety to go fit into the um, into the the scheme. Now, what is interesting is that with the uh, obvious defensive coaching change, I was kind of curious, you know, what would be the same, what would be different. Obviously, it's still going to be a pretty zone-heavy scheme. But, uh, you know, was the safety thing going to continue? Clearly, it did. (laughs) As far as the trade details go, the Broncos decided they don't really care about anybody who's in the third round for this year, at least, because they traded for 179 from the Colts and a 2023 third-round pick. So that's what the Colts gave up to move up a few spots to go ahead and get Nick Cross. I'm going to put this out there real quick. So I've been asking, especially the fantasy experts that have been coming on to the show throughout the evening and, and yesterday, mostly today, though. There has been one guy that has that was lower on your board but has risen up a drastic amount after being drafted where he did location-wise and also draft capital. For me, the answer to that question has to be Christian Watson going to the Green Bay Packers in the second round to play with Aaron Rodgers. Sammy Watkins can't get through an entire season. And while Christian Watson's a very raw receiver, do not get me twisted, the one thing I did compensate that reminded me a lot was Chase Claypool. And remember, Chase Claypool had a hell of a fantasy year his first year. Why? Because his skill set is one that he can get down the field as a big-body playmaking wide receiver and win you weeks, and by the end of it's all said and done, wind up being an electrifying wide receiver too. Will he be consistent on a week-to-week basis? Probably not with his skill set, but he's in a situation where he's going to be as consistent as he possibly could have ever have been now that he gets to the Green Bay Packers and could theoretically be the lead-targeted receiver by the end. What do you think about that, Justin? I think that's a great comp for him. Um, you're absolutely right. Claypool was not consistent his rookie year, but he had, I believe it was two games where he had three touchdowns. You know, he was just, he was a monster for some weeks. You know, he was almost pulling a Jamar Chase light in the sense where he was pulling off these absolutely monstrous weeks that made his overall finish look amazing. But then he had that downfall. Now, I don't think that downfall is going to be, would be so bad in the Christian Watson uh, aspect. Because he's got Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't have you know limp arm Ben Roethlisberger throwing on the ball. But um, for me, I mean, Christian Watson was high up there for me. I I believed in the talent more than I saw on the tape. Um, 
for me, it was Jahan Dotson. I was not a huge Dotson fan. And him going to Washington and getting that capital um, still doesn't solidify it for me as far as talent goes, but it solidifies it as far as they're going to use him. And they're going to find some way to use him in that offense. And Carson Wentz is not nearly as bad of a quarterback as everybody wants him to be. He still threw for 27 touchdowns last year. Um, I know Adam is our resident Carson Wentz hater. And I understand why, because that was a pretty uh, shitty way to end the season. But um, I I still think that uh, something's going to happen there. And I think Dotson's going to be somebody who's going to rise up on the boards. So the Lions go with Kirby Joseph. A pretty solid pick for the Lions here with safety. Got some nice ball hawking skills. That's who they take with their third round pick here. We're now up to pick 98 going to the Washington Commanders. But I want to ask Jeff. Jeff, was there a guy who jumped up your board that you weren't maybe as high on based on this draft? Well, there was there was two guys that I wasn't high on coming into the draft that have jumped up. Uh, one of them is James Cook. Uh, went to the Bills. Uh, as a third running back off the board, I did not see that Thomas Miller might go a little bit earlier than him. But uh, with Cook going to the Bills and that potent offense, uh, needing a little bit of a running game to keep uh, Josh Allen from being the running back there, uh, James Cook definitely jumps up. I think I probably have him as my RB3 now behind uh, behind Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. And the other guy is, is Sky Moore. I mean, he fell farther than I thought he was going to fall, but then he fell to the perfect situation. Um, you know, going there basically to, to replace uh, Tyreek Hill in, in Kansas City. I think Sky Moore's value definitely took a nice little jump. Yeah, yeah let's let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. That, that's actually a really good one. So we're looking at their weapons. They got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You have Travis Kelsey. You're going to have Sky Moore now. How? What kind of a target share do we think he could actually look at in 2022? Oh, Anybody can jump in. It's that's a tough question because I don't know how you know it's it's hard with rookies because you, you you know you think that they can step right in and just pick up but the jump from the NFL to the you know from the college to the NFL is huge and getting that playbook down is going to be key especially in an offense like Kansas City that's very very pass heavy uh, they have run a lot of complicated uh, schemes as far as their route running goes so it, it'll really depend on how fast Sky Moore can pick up the playbook uh, and gain Patrick Mahomes trust as far as how he can get the, the target share there. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think the, I think Jeff making a great point. I think it's going to depend on how quickly he kind of gets acclimated to the pros. I think this guy is going to take you know you're going to kind of want to see is this something he can kind of take ground running. Uh, I, I I talked about it earlier. I thought reminds me a lot of Eskridge, a guy that I think is going to have a harder time to kind of find his role at year one because there's not a clear obvious place for him. Travis Kelsey's still going to be the top dog in that offense. You play MBS enough money to kind of be that deep threat. Juju's going to get a chance to kind of be a guy that underneath it as well. So when you kind of look at all the different mouths that are being fed, where does that really leave him? Is he a, a Mikel Harbin? Um, you know, Mikel Harbin was always a guy that every year, year in fantasy owners wanted to kind of hope was going to boom at some point, but never really did. I think yeah. he's more talented in Harbin as a receiver, but I think when you look at what kind of what your targets you're going to get, what you're going to see, it'll be remain to be kind of seen. As for the guy who kind of jumped up my board fantasy wise, I got to go with White. I'm, I was not a big White fan at all. Uh, I was the guy that I thought was basically a glorified receiver. But he fell into the perfect situation where Tom Brady will use him as a glorified receiver, and that will be just fine for him in the PPR purposes moving forward. Uh, I thought he was a guy who was going to probably get drafted for a team that was going to fight, have a struggle to kind of figure out how to use him properly. And I think now instead, I think he's going to be have a clear role and has an offense that can actually feature him. 
going back a little bit, the Cincinnati Bengals drafted, moved up and drafted Zach Carter. And the Commanders take Brian Robinson, the running back out of Alabama. So they take a bruiser to pair up with Antonio Gibson. I I will say a bruiser is the one thing they're missing, right? You have J.D. McKissick. You have Antonio Gibson. Doesn't necessarily mean Brian Robinson in the late third round here will definitively work into playing time right away, but that's not not significant draft capital to spend on a running back. So, Adam, how do you think this is all breaking down now with the commanders? I have very little faith in production from their running back room uh, as a blanket statement. I'm going to be honest with you. The interior of their offensive line is worse than it was uh, last season. It already wasn't that great. Uh, obviously due to injury in in large part, but nonetheless, it was not that great. Um, And as far as McKissick is concerned, I I don't hate Wentz, but he is certainly not someone that is going to be checking it down to a running back. That's just not him. I think I've talked about it earlier on this program. I think Wentz is a plus for McLaurin, but I think he's a minus for McKissick. Uh, It's certainly not going to be the resurgence of the Gibson uh, receiving hype train. That's not happening with Wentz. Uh, so, so then adding another guy to potentially tear into his carries, I think that all of them, uh, all of the running backs in this backfield are, have downticked this offseason. This is going to be a bittersweet pick for me. The Browns have taken David Bell off the board. It's bittersweet because I love David Bell. I don't know why he fell so far just because of his – 40 time that was never his big asset in college to begin with. He's a highly productive receiver, a great route runner, and he was just born to play the position. I love everything about him, but it's bitter because I think in a lot of ways he's kind of like an Amari Cooper who's already on the team and he's not going anywhere anywhere anytime soon. So I don't know if he has an immediate role now or if even if he does, then somebody's going to be playing out of position as a result. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I agree with that assessment right there because I think the other guys they have on the team with Swartz and, and DPJ play a different role than what David Bell would play if he was to be the starter. He is kind of the guy behind Amari Cooper, so I don't know if he's going to see the field as often as we would hope uh, as dynasty owners. So, yeah, David Bell, tough tough spot for him to land there. But uh, if Deshaun Watson, you know, gets his stuff cleared up and he is playing there as a great quarterback, you know, besides all the off-the-field stuff, uh, you know, maybe he he gets a, a, a connection with David Bell and, and David Bell, you know, could be a good receiver. But, yeah, right now I think it's tough looking at that offense to see him into a into a role right away. Oh, and let's think about that a little bit further. And, Justin, I'm going to ask you this question. They get Deshaun Watson. They trade for Amari Cooper. Now they're going to draft David Bell. They have upcoming receivers like Donovan Peoples-Jones. But this is all on an offense as one of the heaviest running offenses in the league. Kevin Stefanski, that's his background. That's what he does. Do you really think he's going to open this thing up enough for fantasy people like us to really be able to eat? Uh, probably not. I mean, I think he'll open it up a little bit, but at the end of the day, like you said, it's Nick Chubb, it's Kareem Hunt. You know, Sean Watson definitely adds a different layer to it. But they're going to stick with what they've been doing. They built that offensive line to be a run-blocking offensive line. So, I mean, I like David Bell, and I think that he has very Michael Thomas-esque traits. I think he's a great route technician. I think that you can throw him in different spots, and he can be a little bit more unique than Amari Cooper. I I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is trash, to be honest. I think he is a one-trick pony that should be fucking ran out of town. But – 
you know, for David Bell, obviously he's not the one-trick pony that they would need to replace him. So he probably won't be taking up those routes. But I would love to see him more incorporated in this offense. I, I, this is going to be one of the offenses I'm very excited to see because Deshaun Watson's getting in there. And I don't know about you guys, but I would love to see Nick Chubb get the ball more as a passing running back because that man is a freight train with the ball in his hands. And I'm just – oh. You can go ahead and finish your thought right after this. Majai Sanders just came off the board and went to the Arizona Cardinals. So, Justin, go ahead and finish your thought first. Yeah, yeah. I'm, my thought was pretty much just I'm, I'm going to be excited to see what the Browns do with this offense because it's just the great minds can adjust to everything that they have. And I think Kevin Stefanski has a great mind for offense. So I think that he's going to take in Deshaun Watson. He's going to take in all the talent he has now. And he's going to adapt his offense. He's going to incorporate more pass, but he's also going to stick to his guns and still have the run be predominant. So it's going to be interesting to see is all I really have to say about that one. Uh, Chris, uh, give me your reaction to the Majai Sanders pick, but also talk about what Justin just said and kind of touch on that a bit. Yeah, Majai Sanders, I love. The only thing that kind of threw me off why I don't have him higher on my board is that I didn't realize he's only 228 pounds. He listed as 245 for most of the college. Um, I thought we maybe add a little bit of weight at that point, but when it came to 228 the combine, that blew my mind. But when you watch the tape talk about a guy who can get the edge and set their, set, I mean, get around the edge and bring pressure, this guy can. I love what I saw when he can create, create havoc in the backfield. Um, long arms, keeps people off his body. Lanky has has ability to kind of counter when people try to get into his body. I really like this guy, and I think he's actually a really good fit for the Cardinals. Um, for Adams, you know, what Justin's kind of hitting on, I agree. I think the key, though, is going to be, is it is Stefanski's team anymore, or is it going to be Deshaun Watson's team? Because with $230 million in your pocket, I think that the quarterback's going to dictate what this offense is going to be. And I think that's where you're going to kind of see, is there going to be, does Deshaun want to open it up? Does he want to throw the ball? Because most of these co- most of these quarterbacks do. We talked about you know Lamar earlier in the show, about was he happy about the Brown trade or not, because he wants to throw the ball more. I think Deshaun Watson made it very clear he wants to throw the ball. So when you look at what they have around him, Bell could have a really nice ceiling because Jarvis Landry was pretty good in this offense. He's going to run a lot of similar kind of you know, routes that Jarvis Landry did in the way. But doesn't Amari I, Cooper have to be out the way first? Well, Amari Cooper, I think, is I think Amari Cooper's being a little too, you know, pigeonholed in the sense he's not a possession guy necessarily. Amari Cooper's kind of fast, though. He's not a guy who's running like a 4 8 out there. So I think Amari Cooper can be utilized all over the field. In Minnesota, you saw guys kind of kind of be interchangeable in that slot, that slot role in a sense. You saw Stephon Diggs and Thielen kind of rotate. Stefanski comes from that, you know, idea. So I think you can kind of see these guys utilize properly if, if they commit to it. Now I can't disagree with Justin because I what they have been doing is running the ball, and Stefanski has been his team. That's what they committed to. But when you know Haslam goes out there and pays a quarterback two hundred thirty million dollars, gives up that draft capital for him, uh, it might be about him more so moving forward, and that's what we're going to kind of answer to. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're... 
Team ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. The Jets can't quit the tight end position. They go with Jeremy Ruckert, a <laughs> blocking tight end out of Ohio State. So they sign EJ Usama. They trade for Tyler nice. Conklin, and now they draft a tight end here in the third round. Jeff, do you want to give me your immediate reaction? Uh, just real quick, I wanted to finish my thought on on David Bell. I wanted to ask ask Chris because he seems to know a lot, you know, a lot about beyond just the fantasy stuff. Uh, could David Bell be that receiver that is a downfield type blocker in that offense? I mean, is he a good blocker? He's, he's, he's a very good blocker. So I think that's, that's one of the key things is he's, he's willing to get physical. Like I said, I don't think he's going to necessarily have the career Cooper Cup has, but what you kind of see Cooper Cup do, the guy's willing to kind of get dirty, do the little things that get open, uh, crack block, do those little kind of you know things that kind of open up the, the rushing attack. He's absolutely willing to kind of do those things. Yeah, I looked up Anthony Swartz, and he's like 186. I'm, I'm sure he's on a good blocker. So you put David Bell out there at 6'2", 205. It's a much better uh, uh, run-blocking situation there for for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I definitely like that. As far as the pick the Jets just made, um, I'll try to pull up their depth chart. Who who do the Jets have at tight end right now? I, I can't even DJ Usama, they just paid a three-year, $28 million contract to, and they traded for Tyler Conklin from the Minnesota Vikings. That's right. So they got a whole plethora of tight ends there. Um, I mean, I guess with, with rookie tight end, especially when you drafted him this this late, um, they take a while to to develop. Uh, Uzama's has some you know injury history there, so there's some a potential that you know he could be filling in for that. I do like Ruckert; he was a guy that I scouted, uh, and I liked him a lot. Now he's not a, a an athletic, super athletic guy. I think he's more of a catch it and fall down kind of guy. But uh, you know that's just as good in the NFL. If you catch it and fall down on the end zone a few times, then you're a, you're a top tight end. So. Uh, I think Rucker kind of fills that role for the Jets, and he's a good blocker as well. Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, good, he's good. Yeah, that's exactly the role I think he's going to fill. They're they're taking a page out of uh, the Colts playbook, I I I believe. So the Dolphins are going to be up. Finally, we haven't been able to talk about the Dolphins yet so far this draft night. We'll see what direction they're going to go. After that, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. But Adam, I want to get I want to get to you. Did, did I get to get your answer as far as who is the guy that moved up your board that you were surprised by? No, but I, I agree with most of the people that you've said. Um, I wasn't a high on Sky Moore person. I had him as my receiver nine, uh, but certainly him going to the Chiefs elevates that a little bit, even if he doesn't hit, hit the field right away because of the rookies, he was my wide receiver nine. Um you know, similarly, Christian Watson was towards the top of my tier two of receivers, him going to Green Bay. That certainly pumps him up. Um, what you said about White, Chris, I agree there. Uh, I guess the other name I'll throw out, and this is my Homer thing that I'm just going to say. I loved him before the draft, though, so it, it's not just a Homerism. I don't think most people would have assumed that Alec Pierce would walk immediately into a role where he will be on the field. That's what I, I don't think that that was an assumption that most people had. I liked him a lot, but... Again, I think as far as someone that is going up on boards, he now has second-round draft capital and be on the field day one a significant amount of the time. And at he may not be one of the top receivers in the fantasy consensus eyes, but 
he'll be on the field immediately, and that's something. That's more, that's more important than anything else is just getting on the field sometimes in fantasy. You're on the field, you can score points. There's a third thing out there that benefits him as well. Matt Ryan's not afraid to throw to the, the, the no. guy, that long ball to those guys, the big, tall receivers specifically. So I think it's a good fit as well. Exactly. That. I think it's a really yeah. good fit. I, I Again, I like him a lot, but regardless, I think he's going up on boards to have gone to the second round, to have gone – somewhere where he can play right away. Uh, so I, I think he's someone jumping up on boards in general. My, that uh, was my, the one my, I got, Jeff. I'll say my co-host on my show loves him. Talked about him pretty much this whole offseason. So that, I'm mm-hmm. sure he's ecstatic for as far as where he went as well because he's going to step right into a, a, a full-time role. Well, it's the combination of the two. Not only is he going to get playing time, but this is a guy, again, he has that downfield, take the top off, explode for four catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns in a single game. That's the type of player that he is. So if you combine that with a guy who's in a good quarterback with a good system and he's going to be on the field right away and there's nobody, he fits that offense perfectly. Yep. I also want to focus on the point of what that does for Michael Pittman's value because I actually think it boosts it because now Pittman, he's free to do whatever he wants to do. And with Pierce taking off the top now, guess what? He doesn't have double and triple coverage covering him in a box anymore. It helps Taylor as well. I mean, it's going to keep another guy out of the box as well, that kind of speed that you kind of – so you can't just keep on taking Jonathan Taylor. And I'll add one more caveat where it's, you know, icing on the cake. You play Jacksonville and Houston twice a year on top of everything. So, yeah. It's true. Yeah, so when, when one good corner on Houston's uh, locking up Pittman, then Alec Pierce have a field day. <laughs> All right. I actually kind of like this pick made by the Dolphins here. They go with Channing Tindall, linebacker out of Georgia here with their third-round pick. Nice little filler need here to come in. So he can play inside or outside. He's athletic enough to do it. What's your guys' immediate reaction, Chris? Immediate reaction is, God damn, that Georgia defense must have been loaded. Um, but they've <laughs> <laughs> taken, like, their fourth linebacker off the team. I mean, yeah. But uh, is a guy that I agree with you. Stuff definitely a guy who can kind of service a serviceable role, a solid all around player. I don't love him this high, but I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be on an NFL roster and probably you know be a guy that can be semi productive out there. Yeah, what the NFL is telling us is that Georgia could have played against an NFL offense. That, that's basically yeah. what they have been telling us throughout these first two rounds. Because I mean, I'm thinking back to even the U days when they were super dominant and had you know Warren Sapp and all those guys. I don't even think they had this many players come off in the first three as, rounds. As a U fan, not so, it's not so much the players that came off. It's the fact that, like I'm saying, the fourth, fifth linebacker on the team is being <laughs> yeah. drafted. That's where you're like, wait a minute. You're, you're, back, you're drafting backups on the teams. That's what's going on right now in the top three rounds. So that's where it's like, wow, I haven't seen that before. All right. The Chiefs pick is in. Oh, and back-to-back inside linebacker. I like this pick, actually, for the Chiefs quite a bit, too. Leo Chanel, he comes in. He's a nice run stuffer. That's something they desperately need. They need a big, thick linebacker to get some girth, get some power, get some stopping power there in the box because running on the Chiefs has been very easy to do. This will help a little bit with that. Justin, give me your reaction to this pick. Uh, I wish that uh, he had went to the 49ers. <laughs> no, no, he's a great linebacker. He's going to fit their scheme really well. They they need some defensive playmakers right now, and this guy looks like he's going to be a leader, to be honest. 
Um, I think he could have fit in with just about 32 or 32 teams. He's just got that kind of like personality and just his, his tape, his tape, his, he's got that presence. You know what I mean? Like he's a monster up the middle. He's a fast guy. He's fierce. He's the type of guy that you want to build a team around on defense. And, you know, even though he might not, he doesn't look like he's got too much sideline to sideline speed, but you know, he just got that, that presence in the, the huddle it seems. No, you're so, probably going to take him off on third down because he doesn't have any hips whatsoever. But this guy will be an enforcer on first and second down. And not for nothing, yeah. Wisconsin, they do a wonderful job of producing NFL pro-ready inside linebackers. Adam, you're nodding along. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> they are everything run-related is what they do. <laughs> um, <laughs> stop the run, um, block for the run. Uh, sometimes some running backs. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> That's what Wisconsin does. That's what Wisconsin brings to the table. So the Rams are finally on the board, and this is the pick that they would have taken Cole Strange for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sean McVay, for the soundbite of the offseason for that one. Uh, so let's go. Let's circle back around here. 49ers will be the last pick of the third round. The, the, comp, the uh, compensatory picks will fill out at 105. Chris, who was the guy that came up off your board? Who came up, oh, sorry, came up after this draft of the last two, last three rounds now? Uh, like I said, you mean fantasy wise? Yes. Did I get to you already on that one? Yeah, I, I commented oh, on the running back. That's okay. What? Yeah, that, like I said, that White was the guy that jumped up my thing. I was not a White fan at all. A guy that I definitely thought was like a one trick pony at best, but him and him fitting with Tom Brady and Tampa Bay just makes too much sense, PPR especially wise. Uh, the guy I wouldn't even need, wouldn't even want to look at next year in, dra- in the draft, but now I have to. Well, it looks like the uh, the Rams were sticking with off- interior offensive linemen come hell or high water. They take Logan Bruss from Wisconsin. So looking for that zone type of guard in the interior to run that zone system there for Sean McVay. So the 49ers will come here on the clock. They're going to get ready to, to track it down here. Uh, Chris, I want to say this, though, so just kind of piggyback off Rashad White coming off the board. The guy I can't help but notice is still on there is Isaiah Spiller. Uh, the 49ers go two for two at running back? No, I'm just kidding. But where do you think Isaiah Spiller would go? Probably. <laughs> I mean, the, the place that would have made a lot of sense if they were going to spend draft capital on running back that they already did was Seattle because they thought he would be a good fit for them. His physicality kind of is built, but with their your pick, it kind of leaves it open. Um, we look around. I think you're looking for him to kind of be a tandem back. He's not a guy I can really feel is going to be your true workhorse. I don't love him necessarily in pass protection or in the in, in third down. I know people think he can be that guy. I don't. So I think he should best serve as the guy kind of being that early down guy to tandem with somebody else. I thought a good fit would have been the Jets as well. Um, they kind of took that away. As, so I kind of looking around, it's, it's really hard for me to find a good fit. Uh, Buffalo was a good fit, I thought, but they took another running back. So go ahead, Adam. Uh, yeah, I, I got one to throw out immediately. I think that's Atlanta. I, I think that Ooh, would be a, a good landing spot for him. Uh, and, and kind of as you were saying, I don't think he's there as a receiver. Uh, and I do think he showed – flashes as a pass blocker when he seemed interested he could do it capably it's just he didn't always seem all that interested in (laughs) so the last pick we're going to talk about the san francisco 49ers just took the smu wide receiver danny gray off the board 
So, Jeff, let's kick this over to you. What's your reaction to us taking a wide receiver, a speedster, but somebody, frankly, I had a six-round grade on. Yeah, I, I don't even think I scouted him at all for fantasy, so I, I know very little about this guy. You say speedster, so I guess we do need some team speed. So, you know, if, we, if we're going to get a receiver, get a guy with speed, I know we were also looking at uh, Bellis Jones, who went a little bit earlier. I think he went to the, uh, the Seahawks. but uh, Same guy. Yeah, it's basically the same player. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that. I know we scouted him, so I think Danny Gray. I mean, I don't know. Like, how does he fit? Like, I think we gone defense here. I think we could have gone cornerback or safety here. But um, if we're going to go receiver, I guess this fits the mold that we need to fit on our team. So um, I'm all for it. He fits special teams. He, 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 yes, that's what he's there for. That's what he's going to want to play. This is. It's a tough one for me because he is a really good athlete, but. He wasn't that productive at SMU. No. He broke well, out. 29 receptions, old. 800 yards, 9 he's touchdowns. He's what, 23, 24? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. another old one. None, nothing about this seems like a great pick to me, to be honest with you. Like, like an older prospect who didn't play that that great at SMU is not. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, on the, uh, I'm on the CBS site here, and they, they do an instant analysis, and they're like, this is a little early for a one-trick pony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This feels very Anthony Schwartz last year. Yeah, that's a good that's a good comp. That is a very good comp to the situation. Go ahead, Chris. I, it's Marquise Goodwin. It's Sheffield. It's Taylor Gabriel. Should I keep going with the Kyle Shanahan? We draft a five foot nine guy who's fast, and we never use him. Yeah. What it does might screw you is Brandon Hick might be considered not being professional again during the summertime because he'll get benched for some reason for this guy. <laughs> um, but that's the only thing I can really think that could happen. That's going to be you know. 49 are worthy news out of this. Out of this, this isn't going to be significant, but like just to kind of like put a bow on this thing, the 49ers they only had you know very limited draft picks because they trade them all for Trey Lance. And what do they do? They draft the same positions they do every freaking year. They get a linebacker slash defensive end. You drafted a running back in the third round, and you followed it up with a speedster wide receiver. And everybody goes eh, special teams. He can run straight really fast. It's what they do every single season. And then I have to sit here and watch this. Yet again, and I get to look forward to Trey Lance to ruin my team again next season. <laughs> wonderful way to uh, end the draft. Look, guys, we why not Darian Kennard? Why not go and get the fucking Kentucky guard? We literally just lost our guard. Actually, Adam, you just brought up a really good point before we before we kick this thing all out and for the night, and it was it was a wonderful time, but. If you guys want to comment in, who are you surprised that's still on the board right now? Anybody can go. Yeah, so Kennard, cool. first and foremost, is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Have we seen Holy Tariq Woolen off that I've missed? Nope. Uh, no, ha- Tariq Woolen hasn't gone. My boy Dean Philly hasn't gone. Kennard hasn't gone. There's quite a few talented guys still on this board. That- I'll tell you one who I'm surprised by, even though I wasn't big on him, is, is Shakir. Kair Shakir is still mm-hmm. on the board. I kind of thought he would go around the same territory Sky Moore would. I mean, he's better than Danny Gray. So, I mean, yeah. speaking of yeah. people better than Danny yeah. Gray, if we're getting a well, fast guy, where's Calvin Austin? Yeah. yeah. Calvin Austin yeah. better. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, I think right now in this draft, what I'm finding out for myself is I'd be trading down every chance I get, I could. And watch all these GMs make idiots of themselves, and so what the, all the value falls to me because that seems to be what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also surprised by Spiller, of course. Um, it sounds like you don't like him. I like Damian Pierce, although fourth round's probably where he needs to go, a fourth or fifth, um, where he fits well. But I do think he's a good player. Um, again, 
Mechie is another one. Uh, I don't think he's gone Mechie off went, yet. Yeah, Mechie went, went to Houston. Yeah. He went to okay. Houston. Right, uh, Kobe, Bryant, uh, Kobe Bryant, the other corner in Cincinnati. Yep. A yeah. guy that was, I think, very good. I don't think his team is much worse than McDuffie's team. So I, I look at a guy, I'm very shocked he's still in the boards considering all these corners have come off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then Chris, I think we liked him. Uh, Kolar. Yeah, Charles Col- Charlie Kolar. Charlie Kolar. There's a couple mm-hmm. tight ends that have been jumping off the board. I, uh, Adam, before we jump off, what was your opinion of the tight end Woods being drafted by the uh, the Colts? I it's, hate it. They seem to like it, but I, I'm not as excited. To me, it's just early. I Woods is such an interesting profile that I, I don't hate getting him a little bit ahead of where he should go, but I really don't see much use for him other than as a blocker and a red zone threat in the next two years. Uh, he body catches 95% of the time. Like, the hands are atrocious. But the phys- the physical specimen that he is, like, I, I, I kind of get it. That seems to be Ballard's MO in the middle of the draft, whether it's an edge rusher, whether it's a tight end, whether it's someone like that, just find some physical specimen and go figure it out. Well, um, I think that's more I think. I, I like his talent. I think he's a physical specimen. But we already have been screaming from the rooftops for two, three years now about their use of Ali Cox. Yes. Why is this going to be? An and this is a, another Moali Cox. To your point, Gigantor Part thing. Two. He is literally a clone of Gigantor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, maybe one of them will actually hit, and maybe that's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think two to three years down the line, this could end up being a really good pick. I just don't know if it's going to be something that's instantly gratifying. We'll have to see. That's going to do it for us tonight, though, guys. Chris and I are our throats are, are done. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank all of you for coming on. We had a great time. This was our second annual uh, draft coverage where we do the first three rounds. This year definitively was even better than last year, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that the guests that we had on this year, quite frankly. So, so Jeff, I want to start with you. Where can we follow you at? What do you have coming up next? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77 uh, We have a podcast that's live basically every night, going for two live on YouTube. Uh, we've got about seven or eight different shows that go live on there. Uh, and my show is on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we got an awesome month coming up. We got booked uh, Jeff Hasley next week. We got Mike Clay. We got Ryan McDowell, and we got Scott Fish in the month of May, awesome. so a pretty jam-packed uh, month there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Make sure you guys check that out. Justin, give it to me, man. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, back-to-back years. It was a wonderful time, as usual. Um, so, yeah, you can catch me at Semtex Max 93 um, always writing for Belly Up. I'm going to be writing um, top risers and top fallers for this uh, this draft once it's concluded. Um, also, Dynasty Brews podcast. We record every Thursdays. It goes live on Twitter on Thursday, and then it goes live on Belly Up TV on Saturdays at 9 a.m. And TSS Fantasy, we go live 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. on Fridays. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Adam, how about you? Oh, finally. I, I've gone through this little ending process a handful of times here tonight, and I, I didn't get to say anything. Um, but, yeah, you can find me at LaRue Adam on Twitter. Um, I, of course, uh, bi-weekly, including next week, um, do the Belly Up Fantasy Live on Tuesdays um, over on the Belly Up Fantasy Twitter. Um, so come check us out then for sure. Um, I'll also be updating my – just yesterday, I released my top five rookie quarterbacks, top 15 receivers, top five running backs, top five tight ends, 
I'll go a little bit deeper at running backs, and we'll we'll do a little post draft ranking um, here in the next week or so. So excited for that to uh, get everyone's landing spot and kind of adjust and see how things are things have changed. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to that one. Chris, what do you think? We can go another four rounds. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out if the LSU running back is going to be on Adam's list now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I'll just give you a bit of a preview. He will not be. I don't. Think. <laughs> uh, Chris. Great job, man. It was it's it's a marathon when we do these things, but we really have a lot of fun doing them. Again, it's because of a lot of the guests that we have on. It really makes us a blast. Plus, it's football, and we love it. We're actually going to be taking a week off. Uh, we'll be back. It's the second week of May with our show. We're going to be moving from Wednesdays at 9 p.m. to Thursdays at 10 p.m. That'll just be for the off season when the regular season comes back around. We'll be back to five days a week. It'll always be at 10 p.m. Eastern on bellyup.tv also on youtube please subscribe to that guys had a great time dan mater chris dowhauer jeff lambert adam larue justin herrera we'll see you guys again next year three denzel mem <laughs> mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner